As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome back to the Wide Ride Podcast. I'm your host, Manny Navarro, Miami Hurricanes beat writer for The Athletic. It is Friday, June 10th, around uh, noon and, uh, well, noon Pacific time, because I'm out here in Las Vegas for the overtime seven-on-seven tournament and interviewing uh, somebody who I've gotten to know pretty well here over the past year, and that would be Brett Getz of the South Florida Express. Brett is a guy who's been very much involved with many of the great players that have come out of South Florida for the better part of the last decade and I'm out here in Vegas watching his team and about 16 others from across the country competing the overtime seven on seven and I figured this would be a great way to sort of wrap up the year uh, recapping what this year was like. Brett's been involved with South Florida Express since uh, when it started, right? 15 years ago. 15 years ago. Uh, one of the first real uh, national seven on seven teams uh, that came about and uh, so Brett, first of all, you and I have had many conversations off air but I want our listeners to get to know you a little bit. Talk, just tell me about how you got involved with South Florida Express and the beginning of it. Yeah, I knew. Um, hey, Manny, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. And, um, you know, I several years ago I was approached. Uh, I knew a couple of kids that were coming up that were being recruited. And um, I had some um, – there was some writers used to call me. And uh, somebody from Scout.com called me at the time, which was Scout, which is no longer in existence, had called me and said, uh, you know, would you be interested in doing a seven-on-seven team? And uh, without any delay, I said, of course. And then I said, oh, what, um, boy, what, what do I do? And, and, I, and I, you know, I said to him, well, what do you want? Who do you want? And he said, whatever you want to do. And I said, well, that, that's great. I said, I would like to do an all-star team with the top players down here. And I followed all the kids. I knew who all the top guys were. And I said, it would be kind of fun to have all the top South Florida kids go against everybody else. So, you know, he said, that's great. And um, and that's what I decided to do. And uh, the first person I called, you know, seven on seven is a, a passing thing. So the first person was the top quarterback in South Florida, one of the best in the country. Uh, it was Geno Smith at Miramar High School. So he was the, I had to get the quarterback first. And it turned out uh, that not only did I get Geno, but – somebody brought Brandon Doughty, who ended up being the seventh-round pick of the Dolphins a few mm-hmm. years ago. So we had two NFL quarterbacks on our first team, which was pretty cool. 
think about it now, and, and two great kids and great, you know, quarterbacks. But, um, yeah, so I, I kind of went with it. And, and the reason it, it kind of blew up, and that's why the seven-on-sevens blew up, is because a lot of the writers, especially back then and kind of before social media, they always tried to get a hold of these kids. And, you know, the kids either ignore them or they answer or whatever. Then they found out that this South Florida Express team has all the top players down here, and they're all, every Sunday, they're meeting to practice. So they used to just show up, and we'd have all these writers, and they started writing all these stories. So by the fifth week, uh, we practiced four weeks in a row, and the fifth week we went to Tampa to play in this competition. By that point, there's a million stories about the South Florida Express and all the players, and when we got there, everybody wanted to see the South Florida Express team and play them. So, and that's kind of how it happened. And, uh, you know, the second year, we, we probably had, the first year we invited, like, we were going to bring 24 kids, which is a, a lot, but whatever, give everybody a chance to do this. And um, we had t- about 30 show up. We took 24. And then the following year, and this, again, before social media, we probably had 100 kids show up at our tryout. And then it was through two, 300. And it just grew from there. And then all these other teams started to form. Uh, down in South Florida, and uh, you know, so um, it, it really became great because there was more competition for us to play, and gave us not only an opportunity to play in this one tournament a year, but you know, I had a chance to play other teams locally. Yeah, and you guys, I mean, ended up winning three national championships, right? I think that's yeah. what they announced. Yeah, uh, I think that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, and and really, uh, you know, so many great players went through your program. Some of them eventually became Hurricanes. Yeah. Uh, Duke Johnson, the greatest running back in Dade County history in terms of statistics, yeah. ends up going to UM, becoming the all-time, the, the all-time leading rusher. Of course, a lot of kids didn't go to UM either and still went on to become great yeah. stars yeah. in other places. Teddy Bridgewater, of course. Um, so many so many great guys. Um, and now we're here in, in 2022 and you guys are still going. Does it surprise you at all that, that it's lasted this long? Or? I, I, yeah, I, I really never realized the uh, monster we would create, and uh, it's kind of formed into a monster because it's really, I mean, seven on seven, uh, you know, from us, really just, you know, what happened was people, again, they started to hear about the South Florida Express and they kind of took the concept and ran with it. And, you know, I, listen, we need, you know, when you have a team, you want to play and compete. So I, I'm, I never realized it would become this big, but it has become huge nationally and locally, nationally. And uh, it's become, you know, it's great. I think it's a great stage for the kids. Um, uh, and, you know, people say, well, they have the best players. They don't need the exposure. Well, we do have great players, but not every kid has the recognition yet. So we, we tend to find kids sometimes that is a really good player but doesn't have that name out there yet. And that's the kind of kids that it really helps. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, you talk about your quarterback, Collin, in particular, right? I mean, he's sort of the perfect example, one of the best players yep. in Broward County, but now he gets a chance to play with a bunch of superstars and try to get himself a, an offer going into senior year. Yeah, and, and we've seen it before where some of our quarterbacks, like Collins, a great quarterback, had, you know, leading, I think he was the leading um, yardage guy in the state of Florida last year, and just a great winner, great leader. Um, but again, because of measurables, you know, he doesn't have a million offers. So I always hope kids like that. You know, come on board, you know, and see, and the writers that are out there watching us, you know, you hope that they get an opportunity to get looked at and see that they could do it and they could play with great players and they can make the throws that they need to make on the next level. So it's helped. I, I know Colin has a couple offers now. We saw guys like Nick Vadiato, who again didn't have the measurables, who I thought, 
you know, could have played at most Division One schools. Um, you know, he got a look. He's at Middle Tennessee State now, and uh, he's done a great job there as a freshman. So it's it, it's great to have, you know, kids who maybe don't have a big name yet, but get on our – we try to create this big stage for them and in an opportunity to, uh, you know, get seen. Now, we call you guys the South Florida Express, but the reality is you guys have branched out nationally, and you got so many great national players. I want to go over some of the kids that are just part of this team. Malachi Nelson is one of the, one of your quarterbacks, of course, plays in California. He's going to go to USC. He's committed there. Um, you got Carnell Tate, who's from the Chicago area, plays for Bradenton IMG. We don't know where he's going yet, but right. maybe Tennessee, maybe Ohio State. I mean, you guys have really expanded this thing, and when did that really start? Were you guys really, national? Yeah, in the, in, really in the last, you know, social media probably is what started that is mm-hmm. because, you know, the base of our team is South Florida kids, but because of social media and the, you know, great work we've done with, you know, content and getting it out there, who we are and what we do, we've had a lot of national kids call us or inbox us to come play for us. And plus, these days there's so many uh, camps that these kids all meet at, whether it's a college camp or you know, rivals camp or, um, you know, this weekend we're in overtime. But these kids meet each other and then they go out and recruit each other now to play on not only in their college teams, but also to come play on their seven on seven team. And guys like Brandon Innes has done a great job, uh, you know, going out and recruiting. Brandon takes this really, really seriously. He's a really unbelievable competitor and he wants to win at everything he does. So, you know, he went out and got guys like Carnell Tate, who we knew from the recruiting world, and a few other guys. And, yeah, and we've kind of turned into maybe not just South Florida Express, but the National Express. I, I don't know what you want to call it, but it's it's been a lot of fun. And, we, we you know, we, we've gotten to meet some really great kids that want to be a part of it. Now, last night was the first night of uh, four for, for this overtime tournament. And I was asking you guys some questions as far as where you would maybe rank this tournament compared to other great ones. I mean, you guys have won championships, played in other parts of the country. I, I was kind of blown away just by, you know, the TV cameras, the broadcasting, all the different little elements yeah. that, that were included in it. What, what did you think first night playing in it? Yeah, I thought Overtime did an unbelievable job. You know, it's a media company that might not know 7-on-7 seven seven well, so it looks like they really did their homework on, you know, what you know how to prepare for it, how to run it. Um, and I, I thought they did a great job from the amount of people out there putting in efforts to make sure it runs well to, you know, I'm like a very visual guy. So I just, you know, showing up there and seeing all the tents and the signs and uh, there's a DJ. I, I thought they did a, a fantastic job with the presentation mm-hmm. and the visual part of it. Um, I, again, it was run really well. Um, you know, it's never going to be perfect from a from a, a game standpoint because, you know, there's referees involved and you know, human decision making, but um, I, I thought they did a super job, especially I, I from what I was told, this came on pretty late. So I thought, for, I, I'm really excited to see what the future holds for overtime and, and what they're doing with the seven on seven experience, because I think that they kind of get it. What, you know, it's seven on seven has become so big, but there's been really big players that have dropped out of that space. One of them is Adidas who we're actually sponsored by, they ran some unbelievable tournaments, and they've kind of, for the moment, have dropped out of that space. Um, and there's been uh, IMG, uh, their little network has kind of dropped out of it. So from a team standpoint, nationally, 7-on-7 seven seven is becoming enormous, but there's 
you, you want quality tournaments. There's a lot of tournaments, but you want quality. And I thought Overtime did a sensational job, you know, especially looking at it the first day of putting this together. Yeah, I, I was really impressed by it. And, and, and from talking to some of the people in their organization, it feels like they want to take it to a much bigger level. Yeah. And, and who knows what's down the road, you know, with it, but it's entertaining. Um, so let's talk a little bit about this season because I got to go with you guys to L.A., visit USC, which I was so thankful to be a part of that visit. I thought it was really happy. Happy to have you. Yeah, just to, just to be able to ride in the car with you and Brandon and his family and, and to see what it's like from an, an athlete and family's perspective, talking NIL, all the way, you know, college sports is really changing. Um, and, and then, of course, you guys went everywhere. I mean, you were in Chicago. You ended up going to Ohio State for a visit. What, how did this year take me through it? Give me some of the highlights for you being a part of it, the cities you hit, and, and, and just some of the highlights. Yeah, we've done, we, you know, fortunately have been, um, had some great opportunities to, you know, and a lot of these kids don't get to travel. I mean, now I guess they all do because of all these college trips, but yeah. Um, we love to give, you know, I, I've said this from the beginning, we want to give the kids the ultimate experience, okay? Mm -hmm. And that's on a lot of different levels from, you know, the competitiveness on the field from practice to the competition we play against to, you know, being on a big stage and, you know, trying to give them some maybe life skills that they might be able to pick up being around some of us or, you know, I'm not an X and O guy, but I'm a business guy and I really enjoy trying to give back and trying to help these kids with life skill type of stuff. And, um, you know, this year, you know, I, I think like to me and my family, like I think travel is important. It's great to go out and see, you know, you learn about stuff in school which all these kids do, and then going out and seeing these things, I think is a great thing for these kids. So going to Chicago, you know, we were able to get around, go into the city, kind of explore a little bit. Um, unfortunately, it was during COVID, and they had major restrictions uh, because of COVID on things that we can really explore and see. But, you know, going to L.A. was fantastic. We got a chance to see uh, both UCLA and, and uh, USC, which, um, you know, U.S. And, and, and you had mentioned, I thought you mentioned, you know, the experience of being around these kids. I've been around for a long time with these kids and watching them recruit. But now there's this whole new level of recruiting called NIL. And, <laughs> and it's kind of taught me and even my daughter, who is a 16 year old who is in the world of looking at colleges, it, it kind of opened her eyes what these athletes go through. And of course, she's always mad because she says, Dad, I work so hard to get in these schools. And these kids, these schools, she begs them to get into those schools, and they're begging these kids to go you know, to the schools that she wants. Like, it's funny. I joke about it. But, hey, listen, these kids have to put in a lot of work when they get there. And I explained to her, they make a lot of money for these schools. And, you know, going to school and playing football is a very hard thing. Mm -hmm. Most people think, oh, it's all fun. You're playing football. It's a hard schedule to be a college athlete. And, um, and but the experience that these kids have gotten traveling has been phenomenal. We went to Ohio State. Um, where we, uh, a couple weeks ago, we had uh, the opportunity um, um, through, there was a quarterback retreat, Steve Clarkson's quarterback retreat in Santa Monica, California. I was invited to come out with my family and uh, bring a few of our receivers and our quarterbacks. And that experience was unbelievable for the kids. Like just being, it was the best quarterbacks in the country, both on the high school and college level. Minus Arch Manning. He's the only My one. Arch Manning. I, you know, he doesn't seem to show up to any of these events. <laughs> right. Um, I, I, I feel bad for the kid, actually, because I think, you know, the kids deserve 
being getting these experiences. So, you know, but that's their own personal decision from a family standpoint. And I, I think I, I can't doubt the Mannings on anything they mm-hmm. do on a football level. But um, I, I will say, I mean, the kids really have a really unique experience to be able to get out and do the things that they've been doing. Well, I think it's great that, you, that you've been doing this for as long as you have. Um, but, but let's talk specifics about this season because people don't know what it's like to manage, right? I mean, that's basically what you're doing. You have a bunch of assistant coaches. You've got a GM and, and Ricky Williams, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, you got guys arguing over which player should be on the team, who should be starting. I've been a part of all these meetings. What's it like to be the head of operations? For it's, not, it's not fun. You, Manny, you've seen it. It's not. I have to come crying to you sometimes. Yeah. Hey, Manny, jeez. Um, no, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's quite an experience. Um, there's a, you know, when you, in anything you do at a high level, you have a lot of egos. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you, from, a coach's, from our coaches' egos to the kids' egos, it's, it's, it's not easy to balance and to manage. But I love it. I'm very competitive. I love working with the kids. I, listen, these coaches, we fight like crazy. We're all really good friends. And um, we make it work. You know, we want to kill each other. And then 10 minutes later, all eating and laughing. So mm-hmm. um, it's... It, it's it, it's fun. It's a challenge, but I love the fact that we could do it, mm-hmm. and we continue to do it for you know 15 years, going on 16 next year already. And of course, you got some guys that financially back you that don't get a whole lot of yeah. attention. They yeah. probably deserve their name to be out there because they're the ones funding these things. Yeah, you guys to do this. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so there's really um, there's three people that help us, and including and then four is myself. But um, Gerald Moore, who is part of Moore Park, you know, people in Miami know Moore Park. Mm-hmm. It's his family who are really philanthropic um, family that does a lot in the community. Um, so his family gives me quite a bit of money every year to do this. And he's, uh, Gerald's a big sports fan, but he's also, um, he also, is, education is really important to him. So, and, and that's where I, he wants me to go in and talk about you know, and, and talk to these kids about you know getting your education, taking advantage of these scholarships you're getting. So I do do that quite a bit with the kids. And then Tom Rogers is a good friend of Gerald's, who Gerald introduced me to. Again, another really philanthropic family from Miami Beach, who has been a, a blessing to us, both of those guys. And uh, Harvey Chaplin, um, who was the CEO of Southern Wine and Spirits, mm-hmm. he's cut a check every year to us. So. We've had some really, um, thank, thankfully, we've had some really good people that want to contribute, and then I contribute what, what whatever's left. And, 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 you and sometimes on, it can be a little crazy. And you go on the road with these guys and, and uh, handle it all, really. I mean, it's a, tough, it's a tough assignment sometimes. Yeah, but you know what? Like in any business, and I, I look at my own business this way, like if everybody does their job, like it looks big overall, but if everybody does their little job, it's small pieces, then you put them all together. Mm-hmm. And... And I used to take one big piece and do everything. And yes, that was a headache. But I have great guys like Sean Rose. Sean actually um, lives in L.A. He, I met him at a local retail store in Miami when he used to work in Miami. And um, we became friendly, talked about football. And Sean's like, oh, you're involved with South Florida Express. I hear about it. So Sean gets involved. Uh, Andrew Ferrelli, who is a big-time Kane fan, by the way. I might, he's looking at me right now while I'm doing this, cheering on the Canes putting up the U. Um, Andrew has been a huge contributor um, to our program in many ways. Um, he actually um, 
He took over our operations job this year, and really, if it wasn't Andrew, I wouldn't be able to do half the stuff I do, or I'd probably lose my marriage by now because my wife would kill me. <laughs> so Andrew's been absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, and again, I, again, our coaches, um, we have unbelievable. And you mentioned Ricky Williams, our general manager. Ricky is. He's the mouth of our team. If you follow Ricky on social media, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, he you know, goes out and has good relationships with people in the community, so we're able to get good players. And Ricky's you know, one of my really close friends that is um, – we're actually funny to be around because all we do is fight in public. But, you know, we love being around each other, and uh, he helps me tremendously. And then our coaches. I mean, I mentioned Geno Smith was our first quarterback. Well, his dad – He's been involved with our program for the last 15 years. He was out there as a parent the first year and loved what we did and continued to help throughout the last 15 years. And, you know, I don't want to miss anybody, but there's great guys. Um, you know, that, you know, Samari Roll, who um, uh, actually went to my high school, Miami Beach Senior High. Uh, Samari played 12 years in the league. So it's always good to have guys like that around the kids that went through recruiting, went, you know, played in the highest level of college, played the highest level in the NFL. And he's been, you know, great. Um, just I could go on and on. Martin oh, yeah, Maltzby, Martin, Ma- I want to, yeah, Martin Maltzby, uh, a local coach. Um, you know, a, a coach at Carroll City. Now he's at Norland. Jaquay Nunley, who's a Norland OC. Robert Smith, who I met, he used to work through the parks, um, through Miami Gardens, and Robert's been unbelievable. Um, I, I got. I hope I'm not leaving anybody out. I'm looking at my guys right now, thinking, "Boy, did I leave anybody out?" Because I'll get in big trouble. But um, you know, we we've we've we again. We I think we have a great staff. We fight like family, but we operate really well when we really need to. So I'm really thankful for everybody. And I, I and again, it's not my program; it's our program. Yeah. So if if something goes wrong, it's all of our problem, and we have to figure it out. This is a Miami, University of Miami podcast, so I do want to tell the, the listeners. You told me this once. I don't know if you want this out publicly. We may have to edit it out. But you mentioned Miami Beach and Nevin Shapiro, of course. Yeah. Big big part of Miami's history. Yeah. Did you actually go to school with him at the same time? Yeah. Well, I, I, yes. Um, Nevin was two years older than me, but okay. I knew Nevin growing up playing basketball in the parks with him. Um, yeah. So that, that, that was my extent of my relationship. <laughs> you know, over the years, just playing sports in you know in Miami Beach with him. Yeah, I just had to bring that. But up no, because... I never took money, and um, <laughs> you know, again, Nelson, I, Nevin, um, you know, I never had any issues. Um, always good guy to me. Yeah, but interesting, interesting Miami connection. I had to make that connection because of I'm course. Like, and and the one thing a lot of people say is, oh, all these coaches they're directing kids to schools. I've been around you a long time now. You really. Have, no, play no role in any of that. Yeah, and, and and even though Ricky walks around, and we'll t- and we'll get Ricky on the show too. But even though Ricky walks around with his Alabama hat, and uh, you got your boy here with his USC cap on, and we got Andrew uh, with with his Miami rooting interest. I mean, really, in the end. Yeah, what people don't understand is, I mean, of course they do blame us if a kid, one of our kids goes to whatever school it is, we get blamed for it. Right. It's our fault. But, you know, fans are great hiding behind computers, yeah. behind a screen and writing whatever they want. So I, I've taken all types of hits over the years. I, I read them. I don't take it. I mean, I, 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 I don't take it hard. I, you know, it is what it is. I know it's, you know, somebody hiding behind a computer. Everybody, you know, wants to say, oh, they do this, they do that wrong. Well, you know, I, I take pride in doing everything that we do right. 
and running the program right, um, taking money, you know, as far as the guys that give us money, it's from the right, it's clean money, you know, mm -hmm. it's nobody pushing me to send right. kids to a certain school. So um, I, I've seen it all, and um, but, you know, again, it's what people don't realize, there's so many people attached to these kids that are trying to direct them. I, I, I will say that, I true I, I you know one thing I always tell the kids every single year if I could give you any lesson I don't care where you go to school but use football off the field as well there's a lot of people at these big schools you're going to you know they're in class and they're whispering hey there's Johnny who plays quarterback here you know whatever it is and start talking to those people because you have to use your status at that school as a tool to help you network in life and if you don't do it, you just wasted three, four, you know, however long you were at that school, you, and, and then you're done, and most of these guys don't make it to the next league level, you know, you, 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 you miss an opportunity. So when it comes to pushing kids to schools, I hear all kinds of things about me or our coaches or other people. I, it's not what I do. I, again, I just try to give the kids good advice about networking at the schools that you go to. And there have been plenty of guys that have gone to Miami, by the way. Oh, yeah. No, we've had tons of, you know, tons you, of Miami kids. And you have some there now, right? We, we have, yeah, there's a lot. You know, from Keontre Smith to Takori Couch to um, uh, Tyreek Stevenson. Stevenson, Frank Latson, who just transferred in. Al Blades. Al Blades, who has been great. I talk to Al all the time, so I should have had his name first. Uh, I... I there's there's been numerous you know, in the, Carly, the records there. yeah we have, in fact we actually we actually are including um, a, a UM track star Lily that used to run <laughs> track for UM that's going to be involved helping our program so yeah there's a lot of UM uh, people out there that you yeah. know are linked to SFE yes. Uh, and you have some guys this year that could potentially end up at Miami. Who knows, right? Yeah. I mean, again, I think Mario's doing a great job of recruiting. I think it's a whole different level of recruiting. You know, um, by one, the kind of guys, the, the effort, I think, is tremendous. Mm -hmm. I see a big difference, and I hear our kids talking about it. But I also know, you know, I, I think, um, and again, time will tell, but I think it seems like Mario hired the right people to develop these kids. That's always been an issue that the kids aren't getting developed there. So I think from what I've heard and understand is that Mario has listened, knows the deficiencies and the weaknesses, and is really putting a big effort out to, you know, to try to make and get back Miami back to where they were. And uh, it's not, he's got a big task ahead of him. But I think, you know, if anyone could do it, I think he's the guy that's going to be able to do it. Yeah. He understands the culture. He knows the culture down in South Florida. And, you know, you just, you know, the, the Canes have lost a, a, a lot of very important prospects over the years. And you're still going to continue to lose them. But you got to, you got to, some of them, you got to bring back and you got to keep. And I think Mario could make a big difference with keeping some of those key guys. In my sense, Brett, being around you guys, being around some of the other kids that are here, uh, just for, for our listeners that are Miami Hurricanes fans, it's going to take time. Like, none of this happens oh, no. overnight. And no. I think a lot of the elite kids just want to see Miami win before they jump in the boat. 
Yeah. So, you know, you and I have talked about a lot of the stuff. I mean, we went, We. I'll tell you, I'll bring up NIL because everybody wants to talk about NIL. And it's kind of been a real eye-opener for me, sort of being on the inside and hearing a lot of stuff. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's out there that is not true. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of stuff out there that is true. But, you know, you don't. no one knows how to differentiate what, you know, as far as fans, you know. And I've sort of been in the on the inside of hearing stuff that I believe is true. And um, it's an interesting perspective, you know. I think it gives a lot of schools an opportunity now to compete for kids, including Miami, Mm -hmm. where it seems like they've been very successful with having Ruiz and whoever else is part of this, I don't know, Miami Collective or whatever it is, you know, going out and keeping kids or getting kids to look at University of Miami and, and 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 play for University of Miami, but the NIL has become a a tremendous tool for a lot of schools. You know, there's talk about some schools don't do it the right way. So I, I again, again, not going to comment on any of that stuff, but I will say it does give a lot of schools now, including Miami. Mm-hmm. You know what was my you know a, a, an opportunity, and you know, listen, like you said, it's going to take a long time. I don't think it's going to take a long time. I think it's going to be you got to win first, and kids want to win. They want to play for teams that win, and I think Miami, from from what I see, has a really good opportunity, especially this year. You know, it starts with the quarterback. Miami has two really good quarterbacks with Van Dyke and Garcia, so I think you have two really good quarterbacks to start with. I think you know there are weaknesses, but I think the ACC is pretty down this year. And I think it's going to give teams like Miami an opportunity to get on that winning page. And Miami's been so close, you know. They win eight, nine games and then maybe lose in the cold weather to Pittsburgh. I don't think guys like – I don't think Man- – I think Manny's toughness is not going to lose – make you – is it's going to make a difference in going to Pittsburgh in the cold. Yeah, Mario's. Mar- Mario. Mario. <laughs> yeah, we got to get our Mario's and Manny's right Sorry, now. Sorry. I'm looking at Manny and, and we had a Manny Diaz, but no Mario. But I think I, I think the toughness – is going to make a difference in a couple of those games that they should have won but didn't win. Right. And I think that's going to make a difference. And I think they're going to be able to compete and then start really making kids stick yeah. when they come to recruiting. Yeah. Brett, I appreciate it, man. I know you got other places to be, so I don't want to hold you up too long. Well, um, I, I, listen, hanging out with you, Manny, is quite an experience. Um, you know, especially – Two big guys who like to eat. Yes, we, we like to have fun on the road. We had, we had a pizza down. We had a pizza <laughs> as an appetizer in the car, and then finished it off with a big dinner. Yes. Hope my wife's not listening. Yes. And had a big dinner afterwards. Sh- shrimp poor boy for me, and and I and you had. And what did sal- I have? You you did have a salad. You did have a Thank salad. You. Thank you. Uh, but the rest of the table, I mean, these guys can eat. Wow. Wow. There's some big guys. Yeah, we, we yeah I, yeah. I mean, we can always bring. I, you always can, you know, get food involved and talking to me. And boy, do we eat on these trips. <laughs> That's true. And you know, I'm glad to have another big eater like Manny with me. <laughs> All right, man. Appreciate it. All right, Manny. Thank you so much, and thank you for uh, having me on your show. Anytime you need me, I'd love to come on. Well, thank you so much. Brad. Okay, thanks. All right. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. So I'm here in Vegas. I mentioned that earlier. And so many great players around me here for this overtime 7-on-7 tournament. One of them who plays for the South Florida Express is one of the best players in the country in the class of 2024. I'm talking about uh, Jeremiah Smith from uh, Hollywood, Shamanar Madonna. Yes, sir. Top wide receiver, uh, athlete overall, um, a, a guy who I, I think could shine on either side of the field. And, and, and a guy I got to know a little bit because I was with you guys out in L.A. When, when you went out there for that road trip. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, so JJ, uh, just just tell me a little bit about um, what it's been like, man, to be a member of the South Florida Express and, and his team. Uh, to be a member, uh, it's a great, great experience for all of us because we get to travel the world, see new things, see new people, meet new people. Because uh, a lot of us, a lot of kids from where I'm from, Miami, they don't really uh, get out of the state of Florida. They really go to Orlando. That's really probably the far they ever seen. So it's been a blessing to uh, be a part of the team, uh, get to meet new people and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's a blessing. Tell me a little bit about yourself growing up in South Florida, man. Just, um, you know, which parks you grew up playing ball at and how old were you when you started? Uh, I grew up in Miami Gardens. Uh, I'm from Kara City. I started playing uh, when I was four years old for Scott Lake. Uh, yeah, so that yeah, that's what I would do. And and how old were you when the and how did you get your start? Somebody just put a football in your hands yeah. at like age three, or when did you start? Uh, I say, yeah, when I was age four, my dad he took me to uh Scott Lake Park. He put me on the team. He said, uh, do I want to play football? And I said, yeah. He took me out there, and I just started from there. And uh, what was the dream when you were little? Did you think you, it, it would take you all over the world like like it is now? Or what really, did you think? I really, I really wasn't thinking about. It. I was just, I just wanted to play, be around my friends and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's all I really wanted to do. Who Who are some of the guys you grew up playing with? I mean, now you have a whole bunch of teammates from all over the country. But yes. any guys on this team that you that you started off playing with young? Uh, on this team. No, not no, not on this team. So you kind of made it. This is like the super team. Yes, but, yes. You, but I'm sure you grew up around some. some yes, Josiah. Players. Me and Josiah actually played each other from 11 to 13. You. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played with Brandon when, I, when we played flat with each other when I was like nine, ten. Yeah, that's really it. And how old are you now? When's your uh, next birthday? Uh, November 29th. Okay, and how old do you be then? 17. 17. So 16 years old, yes, man. Sir. I mean, most 16 year olds. I when I was 16. I was I was uh, playing baseball as a kid, mm-hmm. but I didn't get to go to Las Vegas yes. and Los Angeles and Chicago oh, and yes. wh- wh- where. Tell me some of the places you've been this year and what's been exciting about. Uh, I've been to Cali, uh, Cali. I love Cali. I feel like a second home out there. I just love the weather, stuff like that. Vegas. This is my second time in Vegas. I came uh, yes last year for showing out our Nationals game, but it was cold around that time, December. Uh, this year we've been to Chicago. Chicago is pretty nice. Uh, Did you go to Ohio State? Yes, Ohio State. We went to Ohio State with Coach Brett. Uh, it's a great experience out there. I get to meet Coach Hartline and stuff like that. I get to meet with Coach Day, talk with my family and I yelled and stuff like that. So, yeah. The, what's crazy is uh, 
how much the sport is changing. Yes, sir. Because when you were born, they didn't have NIL, right? No, no. <laughs> and, and now in the last couple of years, just, just the last year really is when all of that has started to change things. You mentioned the NIL conversation. I was with you at USC yes. when they had that first. Was that the first time when you were at USC? Was that the first time anybody Talk had ever talked to you about yes. NIL? Yeah, that was my first time. Somebody was talking about NIL. Tell me about that experience and hearing some of the things that they said and, and what how it started to affect maybe your thinking about picking a school. Uh, I mean... I really don't think about NIL like that, but I, I really I want to get paid while I'm in college and stuff like that uh, from good companies and stuff like that. And uh, if I do choose to go to USC, I just know they have bit marketing. You could market yourself great out there, stuff like that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and, and obviously there's other programs that, that discuss NIL and things of that nature. What, when they talk about it, um, I know you said you, you think football first, but uh, does it does it, your parents and your family, I'm sure they think I mean, this, this could change our, our situation, right? Uh, yes, that's one That's really one reason I, I really want to talk about NIL with other colleges because I really want to just change my feeling of life. Yeah. Uh, move them out from the situation that we in and stuff like that. So, yeah. Are you guys still in Miami Gardens? Yeah, your, Miami your, Gardens. Your yes. family? Yes. I mean, I know the Carroll City area. I've covered so many athletes. I know the struggle some of them go through. Yes. Um, what do your parents do for a living? And uh, My dad, he uh, he have his own business, cleaning business, and my mom, she worked at the post office. And yet still, and yeah. it, living in Miami is expensive, expensive now. Yes, not expensive. <laughs> yeah, they always say that. It's expensive. Yeah. So obviously, it, it's an important uh, aspect of, of whatever deal you end up doing when you go to sco- when you go to college. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, and and uh, so tell us about the universities that you're having the most conversations with, because I know I feel like you got 8,000 offers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm having conversations with USC. Ohio State, Alabama, Miami, Michigan State, uh, Florida State, Florida, Georgia, uh, LSU. Uh, yeah, that's really yeah. Th- those are really the main ones right yeah. now. Yes, sir. it's so tough, right? I yes. mean, to I mean, you you're still 16 years old. How often do you get text messages, or you know, co- are there conversations with schools where um, they- almost every week, basically? Yeah, I could talk to like probably like four different colleges every other week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's hectic, but I'm just, I love the process. I'm just enjoying it right now. Is it hard at all though? Because obviously you got another two years to go before you're in college, right? Yes. I mean, you're going into your junior year. Is it hard? I mean, when you look at depth charts, knowing the transfer portal, how many ki- coaching changes, yes. is it almost like one of those things where right now it's just, let me get to know the university or yeah. what, what's kind That's of really what I'm doing. I'm yeah. just really getting to know the university. Mm-hmm. Uh, some, some colleges they they offer me stuff like that, but I really tell them like I'm really not interested. Like I tell them look at one of my friends who really don't have an offer. Like look at them. I tell them not interested. I appreciate the opportunity, but I'm really not interested. So yeah. I just and they they have they okay with it. They just yeah. yeah. One of the cool experiences that, that that's new to this whole recruiting scene is these photo shoots. Yes. Tell me about that. Oh, it's a cool. <laughs> that's really one reason that and getting known in university. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just love to take take the pictures, get to see myself in every uniform. Yeah, it was when I looked better at. Does it play a role in your thinking of like where you might want to go to school? How much you think it affects it, or is it just a fun thing? Just a fun thing, that's really yeah. it, yes. So which uniform do you look best in? Is there one that you tried out? <laughs> just from a, just from a uh, looking perspective, I like this way this uniform fits me the best. Uh, my best pictures, I'll probably say TCU. Okay. TCU, they have some good photo shoot pictures for sure. 
you and, and you went there. That was so. How many colleges have you been to? Give me the rundown of because obviously all these are unofficial visits. So I'm curious how many colleges you've actually gone to and done the full visit where you get NIL, the photos, the whole thing. Uh, I've been to Miami, Oklahoma, Ohio State, uh, SMU, Oklahoma State, Texas, Texas A&M. Uh, what's up there? It's like a blur now, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's the ones I can think of. Right now. And, and I guess when you go on these visits, are, are the coaches trying to have fun? Are they serious? Are there jokes? There's like, tell me, about, what's it like going through it on uh, unofficial? Uh, really, they just really want to get to know you. Mm -hmm. uh, really want to get your family up there with you, some uh, up there again. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's really a jokester. They really just wanted to get to know you and stuff like that. More lighthearted, yes. not than serious. Just, yes. Yeah. Is there anybody that, you know, personality-wise that you mesh with the best so far or guys that kind of are at the top in terms of personality that you fit? Uh, I say DVD from Miami, the DB coach. Mm -hmm. and coach Dennis Simmons from my uh, USC mm -hmm. and Coach Hartline. And uh, who else I say? Yeah, I'm the only only three I already talked to. Those are the main ones. Yes. Coach Hartline's been at this so long, yes. and he's had a lot of success. They put a lot of receivers in, in, in the NFL. What is it about him that, that fits so well? Uh, he keeps it real with me. He's willing to get me better. Mm -hmm. uh, he tells me things I need to work on, stuff like that. He's been in my practice. Uh, he told me a few things I need to work on, so I, get better. I need to get better at stuff like that. So, yeah, I listen to him mm -hmm. stuff. So, yeah. And, and what about Coach DVD? What Coach makes DVD. him such a... Uh, he's a cool guy, funny guy, uh, always telling me stay home, don't go nowhere else, you're our main guy in the 24th <laughs> class, we need you to stay home, stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah. I, one thing, and this is a Miami podcast, so I'll ask you this, but, you know, I, I feel like their coaching change was a good thing good for thing. him. Yes, for sure. You think you think it's made a big impact, like yeah. Coach Cristobal? Well, how, how is it different compared to Manny Diaz? Uh, I would say they contact me almost every day, even other... Every other day or mm -hmm. every week depends. But yeah, I get a text message with Code DVD almost every day. Good morning, how you doing? How's your family? How was practice? Track when I was in track, stuff like that. So yeah. And it's different. Different than for many, many the other day I wasn't really talking to I wasn't even talking to nobody from Miami. Even though I had an offer, I was never talking to nobody. Yeah, so it's a big difference. And, and is it similar to any other schools that act that way or other schools different than the way Miami is? It's different from Miami is because yeah, it's different. And I guess it makes a difference in your heart yes, of thinking. Sure. Yeah, because I, I love that from a coach uh, that I really care. That show that I really care about care about me and my family, what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's what I love. Yeah. And, um, and let me ask you, you know, as a program, do you think they need to win big this year to, to, to get the top players to come there? Uh, how much how important is winning to it? Because they obviously changed the personnel, but winning is something that I think all of you guys are attracted to. Yes. Uh, I feel like, yeah, they had to have a good season this year. Uh, they win this year, I said they probably, a lot of people probably stay home. That's mm -hmm. what I see. If they win. If they win. If they win. Do you think the 23 season. kids might stay home, or do you think just it, like the future kids? Future kids, like 24. 24 and 25. 24. The 23 is probably 20, too late. 20, yeah, 24, mm -hmm. 25, yes. That'll start to change, change the, everything. Change everything. Yes. Let's get back to South Florida Express for a quick second so we can wrap it up. Um, what's it like being around these guys? Brandon Innes, uh, you know, uh, Tate, Carnell Tate. Cormani McLean, all the all the elite the guys. guys. What's it what's it like to compete against them or with them? Uh, to compete and be with them, uh, it's great to see. I mean, learn from them and stuff like that. 
see how they enjoying the process and stuff like that. Cause they got a couple of months till they make a decision. Mm -hmm. So being around them, especially around Brandon and Tate, I've been around Brandon since I was like nine and ten. Mm -hmm. So yes, I I learned stuff from him, stuff like that. Uh, Tate, he's a cool guy. Uh, I watch his game too. Uh, he's a cool, funny guy, stuff like that. Relaxed, cool, uh, laid back guy. Kamani, he's athletic. Mm -hmm. He can jump, long. Yeah, yeah. Kamani would be good. All three of them would be great. Sure. Do you learn anything from them? Uh, from from being around wise. them, yeah. Uh, humble. They all, all of them really humble, especially Brendan and Tate and Kamani. Yeah, they all humble to me. Uh, they're really not big like how other kids are. Like you could talk to them and stuff like that about anything you really want to. So, yeah, that's really, yeah. And uh, this tournament, how important is it to win it? Go out with a bang, man. Uh, it's going to mean a lot. Put us down, probably the best team in the country, 707 this year. Yeah, so we, we're going out there. We're going to win this for sure. Was it was it disappointing that they uh, lost the first game? I mean, you, you weren't there for it, obviously. Yeah. You, were, you were flying in today, but was uh, it one of those deals where it was like, man, 0-1 to start, that's not good. Is it like a little extra motivation for us, tonight? Yeah, extra motivation for the go out today and dominate everybody we play against today. All right. Well, I wish you the best of luck, man. It's, it's really great talking to you, and I wish you the best of luck the next year. I'm going to be look, looking forward to covering you. Yes, sir. All right. Nice with when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. All right, so I told you I was out in Vegas, and uh, I got another person that I wanted to bring on the podcast this week who plays a big role for the South Florida Express. And I'm sure if you're a Miami Hurricane fan, you've seen him on Twitter because uh, he's, he's very infamous on Twitter. I'm talking about the great Ricky Williams, the GM of the South Florida Express. Ricky, I know you are a 305 guy at heart. But, but you got the Alabama shirt on, and I know you ain't afraid to tell people how you feel about Bama. Roll time, baby. <laughs> <laughs> now, I asked you last night over dinner uh, what made you become an Alabama fan, and you yeah. gave me an interesting answer. Yeah. What was it? Mario Cristobal. <laughs> <laughs> Mario came down here and got my guys, Ridley and Judy. But I'm going to tell you another fact. My uncle actually coached the Alabama in the 90s. Iverson Williams, coach, coach running backs. Okay. So, so Alabama was always part of the family, you know. But I mean, really, when Miami started struggling, I looked for another team. So then I fell in love with Alabama, and I liked the Nick Saban for some reason. So when Mario went up there, that made it all made sense for me. So yeah, I'm a big Saban guy. Like I love what he does. I love Mario what he does. Like he's gonna try to bring some of that back to Miami. So hopefully everything get on board this year with it, and you know. Let, let, let's start with that, uh, and we'll get into SFE and everything else. Okay. Uh, but but you mentioned Mario because obviously it's important for Miami. I felt like it was a necessary move. Um, 
and, and I want to kind of lead it off this way. A lot of people think, you know, Ricky's going to direct kids to Alabama or Brett's <laughs> directing kids to Ohio State or Florida or this guy's directing yeah. this kid. In reality, let people know what it's really like. You really pretty much powerless, right? I mean, yeah, no problem. These kids, these kids have moms and dads and cousins and <laughs> sisters and uncles. Like, how can I like direct someone else's kid to another college? No, never. I would, I would, I would never do nothing like that. I mean, we might joke around on Twitter, you know that. But that's how me and me and guys do. Like, you know, we all joke. You know, we have fun. You got to have fun with the kids, cause mm-hmm. you know, I mean, like these kids are stars. Like they've been. Dove stars in seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, five stars, four stars, three stars. So, you know, they just want a little, you know, a break and, you know, to have fun because people are constantly hounding them, hounding them, hounding them. You know, we just have fun, man. That's all it is. But yet, Mario Cristobal mm-hmm. felt it was important that he needed to get in contact with you because, yeah. Yeah. let's face it, yeah. Miami needs to get some of these kids that are on your team because you yeah. got. I mean, look, man, we could sit here and go over the roster. I mean, you yeah. put you helped put this thing together. Yeah. But I mean, let's let's just be frank. What did what did Mario first of all want to talk to you about and why do you think it was important for Miami? Uh he wanted to talk to me about, you know, helping keep the guys at home, you know. He didn't he didn't really talk about, you know, other schools. He just wanted to talk about me, SFE, some of the kids, what I thought about some of the other kids in the area, some of the underrated kids that you know that he doesn't know about, mm-hmm. you know, just things of that nature, you know. And, and like I told him, you know, when um, when he first got here, they invited me down to junior day. You know, I took basically the whole team. You know, I took them down there. You know, they talked, whatever, whatever. But um, like I told him, like the kids need, need to see what direction that the program is going in. You know, like I told him, like. Most of the twenty three, like they had their favorite schools already, you know, before he even got the job. Right. You no, know, you know, when he was out in Oregon, you know, he was he was kind of like re- re- recruiting some of them also. Mm-hmm. So now he's he's at Miami, you know, he's trying to reach out. But like I told him, I say you're gonna have to hit the ground running with the twenty three class. I mean, you know, that's that's face it. You got the Bama's, got the Ohio State's, you got the um, Clemson's, and you know Georgia. So. Those are the schools that the kids, you know, like the last couple of years have really been down on. I mean, up up on those, like those four or five schools. Mm-hmm. So to get a kid like Brandon Ennis and Nathaniel Joseph and Kormani McLean and, you know, you got you have to show them that you're going to win. You got to show them that you can build the program. You got to show them something that would take them away from wanting to play for a national championship. Like, you know, face it, like Bama does, Ohio State does, Georgia doing. You know, you got to show them, like, you know, you're going to develop, you know, I mean, you got, you got to show them, and you have to show them, like, now, like, they don't have time to waste. Like I told them, like, these kids, they may commit somewhere, like, early, like now or whatever, but they still can't sign until December after the season's over. So, you go 10-1 and one or 11-2 and two and win the ACC championship, you might, you know, pull one or two, show them that you're going in the, in the right direction. Plus, you got the NIL deal to help sweeten the deal. So, I mean, you know, we just got to show them, like, you know, we're going to win, we're committed to win, and the program's going in the right direction. You might wake up with a steal. Mm-hmm. So that's what I basically told them. Yeah, I, I pretty much got that sense, too, from talking to the kids. Like a kid like J.J. Jeremiah Smith, mm-hmm. who's a 24 kid, mm-hmm. he's had a lot of great communication with mm-hmm. DVD over the mm-hmm. years. And so, to me, they're in it for him mm-hmm. with USC and Ohio State. Mm-hmm. They really, I think, have an opportunity. Mm-hmm. But the 23 kids, it's mm-hmm. hard for anybody to take that's over I, a job. That's what I told them. Yeah. I say, 
the 23 class is basically a wash. You don't start recruiting the guys. You still recruit them. Right. But 24 is where you have to hang your hat on. I told him that. Mm-hmm. I told him, like, Jeremiah Smith, Josiah Trader, Fred Gaskins from Coco. I mean, from 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 um, from from um, Vanguard. Those are the kids that you really want to get in now with early. Everything you have, you invite them. Mm-hmm. You invite them every week down there. I don't give a damn what it is. You, yeah. Please, even if they don't come, you extended the invite. Right. Call them. You text them when you can. You Facebook them. You DM them. Whatever you got to do to do it. You send them graphics. Mm-hmm. But those are the kind of kids that you stay on. Now, you get on them now. So when the ship start moving in the right direction, maybe they say, hey, man, I stay home. You know, this, the, the team is winning. We got a quarterback. You know, the coaching staff looks great. You know, so maybe I'll take a chance to stay home. Mm-hmm. You never know. But you got to stay on, like, you got to start on them guys now, like, immediately. Like, right now. Because other, other schools are. Like, I, I look at, like, Oklahoma calls me. Um, shit, Texas calls, uh, Bama calls, like everybody called Florida, everybody called DM, hey, Cole, how you doing, blah, 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 okay, I'm fine, hey, but what's up, hey, man, you know, call the kid, call the coach, call the parent, you know, I can't really tell you, you know, like what they got going on this week or next week or when I can bring them for a visit, now, if their parents can't take them on a visit for some reason mm-hmm. and I can't, of course I'll do it, mm-hmm. you No, know, I mean, I wouldn't want a kid to go say the Ohio State by themselves, you know what right. I'm saying, or whatever school. Like, if I could take them, sure I'll take them, you know, but I mean, like, I don't just say, hey, man, no, nah, we be going here, nah, that's not me. That's not me at all. Well, let, get, let's start with a little bit of history, because mm-hmm. obviously I, I told people um, that Brett, you know, he's, he works on the financial side, he's mm-hmm. the one that helped start the team. Mm-hmm. You're like, the, what, the third general manager the thing has had now, or the fourth? How does that, I, I know you, you and Sean Rose, Sean Rose came before you. Yeah, I, I, I basically took over for Sean when Sean moved to Cali. Right, and that was um, what, four or five years ago? Like four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> what happened is, you know, um, I, I was actually just a parent, mm-hmm. you know, and um, Brett was like, Brett at Patrick Burroughs was like, hey man, you mind, you know, like just coming on board with us, you know, we see you on Facebook and Twitter, you have fun, you know, you know a lot of kids, da, da, da. so I said, sure. Mm-hmm. So I started out just, you know, helping, whatever, whatever. So Sean moved and then we had like a down year, one one year, and Brett was like, man, you know, we need to have a meeting and talk about this thing, let's go out to dinner. So I said, sure. He, so we went out to dinner and he was, he was just like, man, you know, Sean's gone, I'm going to need help with this thing, man. You know, we had a bad year, you know, we really didn't win, da, da, da. So I was like, what he asked you, like, you know, he was like, mm-hmm. man, I want you to help me run the team. I said, oh, okay, I, you know. So um, that first year <clears throat> was uh, we had Xavier Williams, Sean Shrivers, uh, Joy Battle was on the younger team. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of young guys that year. And we, you know, we, we was pretty much all right. We had Kevin Austin, uh, Scalzo was a quarterback. Daniel Richardson was a quarterback. I mean, we pretty much did fair. We did all right. But that next year, I really, like, you know, you tried to learn the game. I talked to Sean a lot. So I really was looking for, you know, certain guys that were hungry. Not, not for, say, the four and five stars. Because some, some guys seemed like, you know, they would, they would like, diva-like. You mm-hmm. know, they, I got my stars already. So, so I started getting the Jarvis Brownlees, the kids that were underrated that played hard. So I, I find a little niche with 
stars mm-hmm. and, and underrated guys. And that year, we won the national championship because we just really put it together. You know, we had Frank Lassen, five star. John Dunmore, three star. Uh, um, Jalen, uh, uh, what is Jalen's last name? I forgot Jalen's last name. Had no stars. Um, Jamal Cooney, three stars. So we had a great mixture of guys that were stars and guys that didn't really have stars. The defense that year I put together was loaded, man. We had Jaden Davis, we had Jarvis Brownlee, we had Joshua Kennedy, we had uh, Tyreek um, Stevenson, mm-hmm. we had Corey Couch. We had guys that came up through the program with a great mixture, man. We just put it all together. I mean, we won national championship. I think we lost maybe one tournament that year. It was an overtime against the Florida Fire. It was in Orlando, and we didn't lose again. Mm-hmm. I mean, we was just on the road, man. That that team there, I asked them all the time. I was like, what's the best team in SFA history? And they most, Brett always says he thinks that team would beat any other team. I'm talking with the Quincy Wilson and the Chris Lamont. You know, this is a rich history, man. Teddy Bridgewater, Amari Coopers. He's, he's, he still picks that team. Mm-hmm. That's probably the best team in SFA history. I was just so happy to be a part of, you know, putting it together, man. So, after that, you know, I pretty much found the niche. So, um, like, with this 23 class right here, <clears throat> I decided to go young, like, t- t- two years ago. Mm-hmm. So, basically, instead of them playing, um, like, on the younger team, I say, listen, we had a meeting. I say, I want to bring all these guys right here together. So, I got, um, we started with, with Brandon. No, Brandon been with us since like the seventh grade. So, we started with Brandon. Then we got Nathaniel Joseph. Then we had Santana. Then, um, <clears throat> started finding little guys here and there. So, with that nucleus we had, all we had to do was find a quarterback. Because Nick, Nick Badiato left us. Mm-hmm. So, um, look around, look around, look around. So, I was, damn, they go calling. Collin Collin played fifteen U a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. so we moved Collin up with him. So we had that great mixture. So last year we we won like five tournaments last year, which was like people didn't really think they could win. Mm-hmm. Like I told them, like these kids actually a year ahead of the game. I said, if you don't beat these kids now, you definitely not gonna beat them next year. Next year they are gonna be a whole other animal. And we moved on to this year. We I think we won like six like six tournaments this year. Um. Won like 60 games, lost four, something like that. I mean, like again, I asked the Brett, I say, man, top to bottom, do you think this team is the great team in SFA history? He says it's top three easily with the with the 2013 team with Quincy and Chris and Lamont and Tyree Cole and um, the championship team and this team. Like this team, top to bottom, this probably is the most lost of the team ever. Like. It's like all four and five star guys, man. We yeah. might have one or two three star guys, but they all still play hard and hungry, man. That's what we like, you know. <clears throat> Don't let the stars fool you. Kid like Brandon got everything in the world, man. Carnell Tate got everything in the world. They sit out here competing. Yeah. In in 110 degree weather. Right. Like, they they could they could be home chilling. <laughs> like they don't have to do this, but they want to do it because they want to compete. Yeah. Like those are the type of guys I love. So. Yeah, and, and and I know you guys lost the opener in this tournament, but yeah. you know, kind of controversial. Yeah, and yeah. you still could end up winning it, and, and yeah. who knows? Yeah. Uh, 
but it, it is a special collection of talent, a lot of great competitors. <coughs> now, I want people to learn a little bit about you, too, because mm -hmm. you, you, you told me you were initially involved a little bit in education, mm -hmm. right? And then, um, you know, your son obviously played for SFE, mm -hmm. went on to college, mm -hmm. Simon, Wisconsin, right? Coming mm -hmm. out, and, and he's been to, I guess, UTSA is the last one he was with? Um, Texas State. Texas State, I'm mm -hmm. sorry, Texas State. And um, and so your process of, of you know, yourself, mm -hmm. you went to Miami Jackson. Tell me about mm -hmm. that. Man, I was class of Jackson, man, class of 1996, man, the generals, man, general pride. <laughs> so, I'm like, I'm actually back at Jackson I helping out, man. Mm -hmm. We're trying to put this thing together over there, man. You know, mm -hmm. a couple of years, they've been bad, man. Like, what really turned me down on it is I turned on the film last year, and we had a kid block a punt and actually run the wrong way. Wow. So, I was like, wow, man. Like, you had to jump in. Yeah, man, we had to do something to help the school, man. So, you know, we're trying to put this thing together. Um, I got the great Mike Thompson over there with me, and um, we 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 gonna try to make some noise with that man. I mean, at least at least be respectable. Tired of the tired of the one and nines and the two and eights, man. We gotta try to do something over there. So we got a great collection of guys coming in over there too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and so you you originally started off though as a teacher and then um, mm -hmm. right and then yeah. and then now you're working for the postal yeah I work for postal man hey man teacher don't pay real good the postal <laughs> service pay is great man you <laughs> and you still get to postal service man and you still get to be involved in football definitely you know I just save my time up you know I never really take days off unless I'm going out of town like this right here so I have a lot of time so I just put the time in at the beginning of the week yeah and just use it man that's a great thing about going always going to work you always you always build up a lot of time so. <clears throat> and, and now your Rolodex on your phone, like if we were to sit there, how many head coaches are on there that are constantly texting you or, you know, give head me some, throw some names at me. Head coaches? Head coaches, assistant coaches. Give me the ones that, that are on, on uh, Ricky Williams' phone. Assistant coaches is a lot, man. But head coaches is a couple, man. You know, you got Mario. He texts me every other day. You know, have a great day. Have a great week, which I appreciate that because it seems, seems like a genuine. Um, you got Mike Noble from Florida State. Um, the UF coach reached out a lot. Um, Billy Navy reaches out a lot, you said? Yeah, reaches out a lot. Uh, Kerry Colbert also, uh, the wide receiver coach from um, Florida. Mm -hmm. um, that's pretty much much for the, like the head coach, but the, uh, the assistants and the GAs and the, and, the, and, the, and the recruiting guys, like LSU, always reached out. Georgia always reach out. Nebraska always reaches out. Central Florida always reaches out. Florida State always. I mean, man. I mean. And what do they want to know? I mean, they I, just saying, you know, they, you know, they, they just want to, you know, they start out, hey guy, how you doing? Hey big guy, how you doing? How's everything going? How's the week going? How's the week? Then boom, hey, what's up with this kid? What's up with that kid? Do we got to see him with this kid? See this kid for him? But do do this kid like? Do you talk about it? Da, da, da. You know, it always starts out like that. So you know, yeah. like I tell them, like you know, like I'm here to help. You know, if if, if you. If you want, if you want to, if you're interested in a, um, a kid, and like most of these kids don't like picking up their phone, like they hate talking, mm -hmm. they hate doing interviews. So I'm like the mediator, yeah. You know, so they might ask, "Hey man, could you tell this kid to call me?" I say, "Hey man, what's up, man? Why you, Coach Rick? I ain't feel like talking, man. You know, da -da -da. I say, "Hey man, you know, one thing I tell these kids, you never know where a guy ends up. Mm -hmm. So you always show a coach respect. I don't care if he coaches at Fort Valley State." A sidewalk university. You show all coaches the same respect because today he may be there. Four years from now, he may be in the NFL, and then you want them to draft you. Yeah. So you always treat them guys with respect. So that's why I teach them kids, man. You always got to be respectful. 
Even if you know you're not going there, just have respect by telling them. You know, right. Coach, I appreciate everything, you know, but I think I'm going to go another way. All they could do is say, thanks, kid, for your time. Like, they got to respect it. Yeah. Of course, they may be a little mad, but, you know, they got to respect the, the, the decision you made because guess what? In a couple of years, they might have a decision. They might need the school they at. Right. You know, so they got to they got to do the same thing with their head coach. Coach, you know, I appreciate the opportunity, but I got a better opportunity over here. It's, it's, it's the same thing, man. It's just got to be respectful. That's all. How much has recruiting changed, Ricky, in your mind with NIL? Oh, man, a whole lot, man. You got school offering these kids a million dollars, man. Come on, Bentleys, Mercedes, Porsches. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's but they're a- not supposed to, technically. Against the rules, it's, it's yeah. right. I mean, it's an inducement. Now, let's be real. This was going on before NIL. Oh, definitely, but it, but it wasn't legal. Now it's legal and everybody posting it, so... But it's still I'm, technically <clears throat> not legal because you're not supposed to be able to induce, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what they say. You're not supposed to technically, but uh, I mean, you know, if a kid just gets a car from a dealership and he just posts it, you know, hey, everybody <laughs> sees it. I mean, I was online the other day and seen my guy, um, CJ Stroud, post his Bentley. Right. I, I done seen Tyler from Miami post his BMW. Well, so. but those kids in college, I mean the high school kids. Oh, the high school kids. Yeah. I mean, like, they basically no. I'm saying like they posting it, mm-hmm. showing the high school kids like you know that you got it. Yeah, hey, like it's almost your turn coming, you know. Right, so right. so the high school kids are really looking at that mm-hmm. and seeing it. Like I think a lot of these kids, nil is their biggest motivator. M- mo- definitely. I mean, to think about it like this: after they play their last high school game mm-hmm. in December, well, November, whenever their season ends. Mm-hmm. They can sign the NIL deal. Yeah. As soon as the deal's as soon as the season's over. If they're not playing track or anything else. These guys right here, they, after football, they're not doing nothing else. Show them the money. Right. That's what they talk about. Show me the money. Yeah. I mean, think about it. I'm in high school. Say I'm say I'm say I'm brandy in this. I play my last game for Heritage, be it state championship or playoffs or whatever. That night when I go home, I can sign my name to a paper and get two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That's life changing money. Yeah. For him and his family. Yeah. I mean, it might not seem like a lot, but it's a lot to them. They don't have to be, you know, I'm not saying that they, they, they live paycheck to paycheck, but they could they could do some things. They might could take a family trip without having to worry about, oh, this bill, that bill, this bill, that bill. No, they could just, you know, go. Mm-hmm. Brandy could have money put up in, in, uh, in whatever kind of fund that he needs for when he gets ready to go to school. You know, so, I mean, it's great money. Like the kid Justin Ross from um, Clemson, mm-hmm. as a freshman, he probably was the best receiver in the nation. Right. Now, he just a uh, was an undrafted free agent. Right. So he barely probably even got ten thousand dollars because of because of injury. So people can't get mad when the kids want to see the money. Like show them kids the money. It's legal now. They want the money. They're going to play for it. I mean, hey. Now, I've heard some interesting things this week mm-hmm. being up here, talking to a couple of the agents and, mm-hmm. and people that, that brokered some of these deals with mm-hmm. the high school kids and the, and the uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess the initiatives, the collectives, mm-hmm. right? Uh, one, these are the schools that I was told are, are, are definitely spending the most money on mm-hmm. high school kids. Florida, mm-hmm. Oregon, mm-hmm. Texas, Texas A&M, mm-hmm. Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? There's two others. Uh, I got them on my list here. I'm going to give it to you. anything about Texas with that old money? Yep. Tennessee and LSU. Listen, mm-hmm. Texas is going to be Texas, man. Right. 
Texas go. It's gonna be hard for a kid in Texas to leave Texas. Mm-hmm. I mean, you basically got O line and guaranteed two two hundred fifty thousand to three hundred thousand for for pancake blocks with, with with the NIL deal at Texas. Right. You got Texas A and M room with the pay their kids five hundred thousand to a million dollars. I mean, again, life changing money for them kids and their families. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> they see everything bigger and bigger in Texas. Yeah, you see, you see Texas and, and Texas and them locker rooms, man. They got big screen TVs, pull out couches in the lockers. I mean, hey, man, living the sweet life. Yes, sir. Now, uh, one thing that I did find interesting, and I haven't talked to enough kids about this, but I heard this as well, is. Um, you know, Ohio State really isn't talking NIL with a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. And maybe that'll change here soon, but they want to, Ohio State's one of those programs that wants the kids to pick the school, not based on NIL. They tell them you get your money when you're here, but have you noticed that in some of your conversations with uh, with Ohio State and, and maybe um, even Alabama? When I went to Ohio State, they <coughs> they really didn't talk about NIL that much. I mean, the, the kids asked about it. Mm-hmm. Because when we took them to USC, they had a whole NIL presentation. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like when you go to one school and you have an NIL presentation, you're gonna want it from every school. Right. So, I mean, Ohio State didn't really talk too much about it. I mean, I'm sure that had change because when you start losing kids because of NIL, you will have to change the train of thought. <clears throat> I mean, it's rumored that Tennessee offered Cornell Tate a million dollars. I mean, if you would have asked me a couple of months ago where, where Carnell was headed, I would have said Ohio State, hands down. Mm-hmm. Tennessee was nowhere in the picture. Right. I mean, with Tennessee throwing crazy NIL money at guys, I mean, you got a quarterback with $8 million. He needs a receiver. Right. Carnell Tate is one of the best receivers in the country. So, hey, you know, the million dollars might not be too far off. Mm-hmm. Again, for a kid, that's a life change of money. A right. million dollars? Yes. Hey, man. You know, I could be a millionaire at 18. <laughs> hey, man. I mean, that's just something to think about. So, Ohio State might have to change up how they, how they really think. Bama, if they don't talk about NIL, they have to, have to really change up how they think. Yeah, the guys get NILs while they're there. But when the kid come on a visit, they're going to want to talk about their NIL money. What can you do? What can Bama do for me? Or what can Ohio State do for me for NIL? Mm-hmm. That's what them kids want to know. I mean, same thing with every school. I mean, even like the lower schools, like FAMU and Bethune and Jackson State, you know, they got to come with some NIL stuff, man, because these, these kids, like, playing there, blowing up, they're transferring a minute to get in the portal for an NIL deal now. So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> got to do what you got to do. So who, who communicates it with you the most? Being you know when they call you up and say, "Hey, we <laughs> we, we want to talk to one of your kids and let them know about our NL deals." Does that happen much at all? Uh, Louisville started calling a lot. You know mm-hmm. they wanna they wanna get their feet in South Florida, man, and they got great NIL money, man. You know they got the they got the horse racing thing up there. They got the liquor thing going up there. So Louisville trying to be a major player with the NIL. Um, <clears throat> Mm, that's basically it. That the new schools right. that was calling for the NILs. So. How, how does Miami handle it? You think they do a good job with it? Definitely. They that's a, they getting players for it. Yeah. I mean, hey, they doing a great job. Ruiz is doing absolutely great for Miami, man. Like that's Mario Cristobal's best friend right now, man. I mean, <laughs> they, they got the big lineman that gave him three hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. The D lineman, what's what, what, what's the name? Uh, the one from Maryland. Yeah, they gave him three hundred fifty thousand dollars. The NIL deal, man. Hey, 
man Ruiz is a good guard scene, man. I shake his hand because he <laughs> he single handedly like got got Miami back talking relevant again with the NIL thing, man. So I mean, hey, man, that's some good stuff for Mario, man. I mean, you build it, they'll come, but you got to spend it so they'll come too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah man. So. Do you, do you think Miami will get back to be in Miami, or do you think <clears> these days are over? Being being Miami, like with like like like, like winning championships, winning championships, and playing for them, it's gonna be hard. Mm-hmm. What has to change? You got you're on the ground level with these kids. What has to change? Fans, the, the fans and their culture. Mm-hmm. I mean, when when they're not doing good, the, the fans don't show up to support. Tennessee haven't been good for a long time, but he turned on the TV and Needless Stadium always got 100,000 people in it. Mm-hmm. Texas a and could be 8-4 and or 8-5, and five and they still got 110,000 110, people in it. I mean, same with the Bama, same with Ohio State, same even even with the Michigans. I mean, <clears throat> teams might not compete for a national championship every year, but that stadium still filled on Saturdays and Sundays. I mean, but Saturday nights. Same, same with Penn State. Penn State never really in the national championship conversation, but they always got 110,000 people in their stadium. Mm-hmm. So, so that makes a big difference. <clears throat> fans and culture. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we were talking to, at breakfast this morning, some kids like, hey, man, coach, man, I wanna, I'm going to go to the wild out at Penn State. I'm, I'm like, why? Man, because that thing be lit with all them people, man, 110,000 people with all white on. See, that's what made me think about it. Like, damn. I mean, yeah, Penn State might play for, you know, a, a conference title every now and then, but they're never in national contention. Mm-hmm. But kids see, you know, white out fans. And I think that's what Miami needs to fans instead of Facebooking and Twitter talking and worry about who's doing what, that they need to get out of the games, man, and support the team so the kids can see them supporting the team. The kids want to see 60,000 people in the, in the um, stadium. The stadium hold what, 60? Yeah, right about 65, yeah. Every Saturday it should be sold out. Mm-hmm. Right, but it's not. Yeah, exactly my point. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But they'll be on Twitter talking. Uh, 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 we send the kids here. Go to the game, man. Yeah. Show the support that yeah. way. Yeah, and the, the kids will see. Mm-hmm. Simple. I mean, all kids growing up, they probably want to run out to smoke. You know, m- m- most of them was kind of young, so they don't really remember like what it means to run out to smoke. You know, when I was younger, I used to go down there all the time. When I used to be to the games, the Orange Bowl, you see the team run out the smoke. Everybody imitated running out the smoke, man. <clears throat> you got high schools now, like Booger T and all Western, like they used to smoke. That's that's Miami. Mm-hmm. Hurricanes, like everybody wanted to run out the smoke. So if fans like embrace it, <clears throat> regardless if the team, you know, eight and five is struggling or nine and three, maybe not playing for a championship, but. They're moving in the right direction. Still support the team every Saturday. That's all. And that, and that you think, is the key to it all. Definitely. That helped the morale of the team. And it showed the, the recruits that, you know, because they be at the games a lot. Mm-hmm. Because every recruit could go to a game for free. Right. So, I mean, if they go to a game and only see 20,000 people there, they're like, hey, like, why would I come here when I could go play? But somebody got 100,000 people every weekend. I mean, kids like lights and glamour and fans. So, right. Yeah. Who do you think uh, rises, the, the non-champions out of Alabama, you know, besides Alabama and Ohio State and Clemson, the usual suspects, Georgia mm-hmm. just won. Is, mm-hmm. there, is there another team you think could be on the horizon? Maybe Texas A&M. Okay. Because they're sure they're willing to do whatever they got to do to win. Right. 
Right. Whatever they got to do to have the NMR recruiting class be NIL or great recruiting or, you know. One thing about Jimbo, we know Jimbo could build the program. All he needed was a little help. <clears throat> and the NIL basically helped him. Mm-hmm. So, now you got to look out for Texas and them. Um, Texas, I don't know. We, know, we got to see what Sark do that way. Old, old Miss with Lane Kiffin. Lane is one of the best OCs in the game. So, you always got to look out for them. So, that'll be my couple of picks. Okay. I really have to see what, what Miami, like what direction Miami heads this year before I could put them in the upper echelon. Uh, you know, like top tens, uh, heading in the right direction, playing for conference championships and national championships. With your best friend Mario, at least he's there now. Mario, hey man, <clears throat> I I love Mario, man. I I love the intensity, man. I mean, when I went down there, it seemed genuine. You know, we talked for about two hours, man, and you know, we, we had some stories, man. I remember <clears throat> I was at a spring game at Flanagan, and he was coaching at Alabama. I said, Mario, man, that's when he had just left from here. Mm-hmm. I said, Mario, man, you got them people mad at you. He was like, Ricky, man, listen. He said, I was down there for a couple of a couple of weeks, man. <clears throat> I was the first one in and the last one to leave. The head coach wasn't even staying. The coordinators wasn't even staying. He, he said, I called my friend. I, I won't say the friend name. Say, man, I don't think this. I, I don't think this going to work. Um, these guys don't show the same intestinal fortitude I have. It's like they don't take this thing serious. They're not hardworking. He said, Coach Saban is blowing my phone up. <clears throat> so he, he said, a friend, which is also a former Miami player, said, Coach, like, what are we talking about? Like, it's Nick Saban. Go. Mm-hmm. He said, when I did that, he said, it really elevated me into the into the coach prof- prof- profession per, per, per se. And he said, I would have never left Miami if those guys showed me that they were willing to do whatever they had to do to get this thing back on top. He said, um, he'll bring a kid up. Oh, no, coach, I don't like him. And I, and the, the kid actually turned out to be an NFL guy who's still, who's still in the NFL right now, all pro mm-hmm. kid that those guys didn't want. So we basically shared stories, man. And I told him, you know, <clears throat> about my guys like to Corey Couch and Red Wine and you know it was just real funny because he had some stories also man and we we joked about the Calvary he was actually going to commit to Miami until they messed up mm-hmm. and man I laughed I say and that had a trickle down effect because just because of that you really lost Jerry Judy as well and then you lost his little brother Caven as well you know mm-hmm. so that's why I was saying like every action there's a, there's a reaction but hopefully Mario will get the thing back right Miami can get back on top, and you know, the, you well, hopefully could come back, man. But would you trade in your Alabama shirt then? With that, with that, I mean, you being a South Florida three hundred five guy, with, if Mario does his magic, is that is that going to get you to switch sides again? To hey, come back home? Man, what, what, what's going to happen here? I'm gonna always have love for Miami, man. But Nick Saban got my heart, man. That's my. He coach. might be retired that's soon, my, though. Hey, man, man, Nick, man, the goat ain't gonna ever retire, man. <laughs> <laughs> the goat gonna be out there on a on a on a walk instead of coaching, man. I I love that guy, man. I I love Coach Saban, but the only thing that put me away from Coach Saban is Mario. I say that. You'll say that. I say that. He's got a chance. Yeah, so, I say that. So Miami's got a chance. Thank God they got but, Mario. But I tell you what, though, don't let Coach Saban retire and Bama need to and Bama need to coach. That's true. We, we probably gonna call Mario first. 
so that's true. So so y'all don't be, y'all don't be mad at us now. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky it was a lot of fun, man. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, man, man, always fun, man. Always fun with you, Manny. All right, man. All right. I'm the man.